Well, 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 well. Welcome back. It's been a while. I was going to play that song but as my lead-in, but I decided I'd do the monologue again and stick to form. Um, it is your host, Joe Show, and you are listening to Season 2, Episode 6. It's been a while. A recap of the last 11 months in between episodes of my podcast. Um, why the layoff? Well, I'm going to give you an update on why I had the layoff, the uh, current state we find ourselves in, a look forward into what to expect throughout 2021, not only on a national perspective, but from me, your host, the guy who just fell off the fucking face of the earth and then, boom, showed up in your favorite listening uh, portal of social media in which you find my podcast. So sit back, relax, and get ready to re-engage yourself with the most unadulterated fun you can have on a podcast sprinkled in with current events, anecdotal stories, unrequested opinions, and all done with a sense of flair and interest you've come accustomed to from your favorite podcaster here on either iTunes, Google, iHeart, TuneIn, Spotify, and shortly, big announcement here, I'll be adding YouTube so you'll be able to see my ugly mug while I do these. Uh, For those of you that want to see the man behind the mic, that's where YouTube will come in. As always, feel free to drop show ideas, rants, complaints, and of course your compliments. Um, I want to thank everybody who has done that. Uh, over the course of the last 11 months. No, I did not get hit by a bus. No, I did not become a victim, um, a fatality victim of coronavirus. We'll touch on that a little bit later. Um, But again, feel free to send all of that to braindroppingspod at gmail. And without any further ado, let's get to it, shall we? I'm mad at Disney, Disney They tricked me, tricked me Had me wishing on a shooting star But now I'm 20-something I still know nothing About who I am or what I'm not All right, so what you heard there was a little bit of a montage of some of the most popular TikTok songs of 2020 while we were all quarantining and doing ridiculous standstill dance moves on video. Um, that were those were three of the largest uh, hits that I kind of came across in my for you page while I was looking at TikTok. Um, I will tell you that my TikTok scrolling and the algorithm has been providing me far better content over the last couple of weeks. Uh, to know me is to know that I'm a self-taught home cook. I don't call myself a chef, although I do possess a lot of skills of chef. I do. Um, lack in professional and classic training so I am a home cook and I'm very proud of what I what I do with that but I uh I do like the TikTok I do like the videos I get I do like being able to learn some new cuisine from people that you know I wouldn't typically follow on a regular basis or pay attention to but you know they come across I start looking at their recipes I do a little bit of tweaking on my own and create my own uh wonderful 
wonderful in, uh, 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 creations. So speaking of food, whether it be through TikTok or, you know, just in your own home kitchen, um, I wanted to do a sponsorship. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, you've been away for the better part of a year. So I'm sure that my listenership is going to need to be called forward again and brought back uh, up to the levels that I was at when, sadly, I stepped away from the mic in March. And we will delve deeper into that, I promise you. But I wanted to start off by talking about um, sponsorships. I'm always in the market to gain a solid sponsor or two, but to be completely honest, this is this is really my hobby, my way of getting the things that rattle around inside my brain on a daily basis out. So I haven't actively pursued a sponsorship to date. I may down the line, uh, but given the way this year was and what we endured as a world community, I want to use this sponsor time on my podcast, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, doing a small business shout out each episode. Um, and if applicable, a review of the company to assist in bringing small business back as best we can. And tonight's spotlight is going to be on one of my favorite small businesses that's actually a medium-sized business and borderline entering chain status. Um, however, they're in the hospitality sector of our our, our business uh, ecosphere, or yeah, ecosphere. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed in in going to this place over the years is that it was always packed. So when we start talking about reduced capacity, social distancing, and providing um, a, a space that is comfortable and safe for the patrons and the employees uh, to operate in, we're talking about reduced capacity and we're talking about um, these businesses taking quite a hit. So tonight's sponsor, as I mentioned, is the Metro Diner. Um, the Metro Diner is a great spot for a townie to a tourist. They specialize in mouth-watering and taste bud tantalizing dis- dishes, all scratch-made with service second to none. As you know, I travel frequently for work and for fun, and no trip for me is complete without a stop to the Metro Diner. Their signature offering is an authentic spin on chicken and waffles, and when I tell you you never, ever, ever will you find a more tender chicken dish on the planet. I'm not lying. They brine the chicken for like 48 hours and they marinate it for an additional 24 to 48 in buttermilk before preparing it on demand for each order on the line. Um, it's served with a scratch-made buttermilk waffle and topped with a house-made strawberry butter. It's truly a gift from the gods. Um, and then to top it all off, you get maple syrup and hot sauce on the side to balance this comfort food with like a sweet and spicy component. So make sure you stop into the Metro Diner on your next adventure to any of the following states as the chain has was started in Florida, but it's growing as people are exposed to this gem. So they have locations. I'm only going to give you the states because each state has a couple of locations and, you know, it's very easy to go to their site and look it up. And I'll mention that at the end here, but they're in Alabama, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Indiana, Kentucky, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Virginia. So as you can tell, this little chain that started in Northern Florida is just spreading out and they they do such a good job. It's really Southern hospitality meets Southern cooking meets um, turn 
turns on your favorite comfort foods with the flair and the 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 understanding of the marrying of flavors and textures that just make it a, a must stop. Um, you can check out their website for a location near you or where you'll be traveling to. And remember, they offer curbside pickup with call-ahead ordering as well. So safety with them is paramount. To find the Metro Diner, just go to metrodiner.com and you can thank me later for that. So that was my sponsorship chit-chat for the day. I just wanted to do this call-out. Um, I think you'll see that it's going to be hospitality industry-driven, at least in the beginning, uh, because this that segment of our, our society was hit so strongly by the shutdowns, the stay-at-home orders and mandates over the course of the last year that I read an article within a month's time from now that, that mentioned that over 70% of restaurants alone that were operating prior to March of 2020 will not be coming back. And if you think about that, that encompasses everything from large chains all the way down to your mom and pa corner uh, bistros that you, you know, lot over and, and love. And so unfortunately, um, one of the major casualties of this pandemic and the safeguards that were put in place to, um, you know, assure that the population was safe or that we were slowing the spread to allow the science and the, the healthcare sector to catch up has really decimated the hospitality space. So if not the Metro Diner, um, any local business that you can support in your area where you're listening, whether, you know, and I have listeners worldwide. So whether you're in the UK or India, um, the US or Canada, Mexico or South America, please do yourself a favor and go and utilize these these businesses that are working as best they can with the restrictions that are in place to provide you the best food possible. Um, every little bit that you can do will help this industry uh, persevere and hopefully bounce back as well as it was prior to the pandemic, but at least to continue to, to stay afloat as we progress forward. So that's, that's my two cents on that. Um, so a little bit about the time off, right? We should probably talk about that. That's the elephant in the room. I mean, my last podcast was in March, early March of last year, and we're in 2021 now. Um, I took a break, and the reason I took a break was I noticed that the last three podcast episodes I did were appropriately um, centered and centric to the coronavirus pandemic. And, you know, as much as I enjoy sitting down and, and, and talking on a podcast, I'm also very cognizant that my opinion, albeit, you know, that of a podcaster who's just trying to get the stuff out of his head, can can have some weight to it. And my opinions, which are mine to have, may not be shared by you know, the entire group of people. I mean, you're always going to alienate 50% of the people that are listening to you. And I knew that going in. Um, however, when we're talking about something on a global scale that was as strong and deep and, and dark as the, the pandemic has been and was, um, I didn't feel it appropriate for me to be commenting on it outside of uh, public health announcements, you know, following WHO and CDC and DHHS uh, guidelines. But beyond that, my my own Im opinions, my own thoughts were were not. Um, I didn't think that I would be doing a service to my listeners um, 
by, you know, spouting off how I was feeling about it. So as the as the spring and into early summer kind of heated up, I didn't really have a ton to talk about. You guys all know I'm a huge sports fan. There really wasn't much for sports to chat about. And then the sports that did come back, to me, as a purist, were borderline unlistenable. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't get into it. I wasn't feeling it. Um I just I I, I bowed out. It just wasn't my thing. So Long and the short of it was, I started running out of ideas to talk about, you know, and that then as we get deeper into the summer, as you all are well aware, there were some very, very, very powerful um, social, uh, social justice isn't really the right term for it, but there were some community emergencies uh, within our black and brown community, uh, as well as within our white community and, and all of our communities, whether it be, you know, our Asian community or, or regardless, it doesn't matter. There, there were some serious race relation issues uh, that transpired over the summer. And again, I couldn't find any humor in that. And Ultimately, my podcast is supposed to be somewhat a quasi-mix of informative and humorous, and I was going to be following a path of informative, 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 and opinion, and, you know, you all have your MSNBCs, your CNNs, and your Fox Newses for that crap. That's that's not what I do. So I kind of took a back seat, and I, I took the summer to, to look, listen, and learn, which is kind of my approach to life, look, listen, and learn. Um and there just wasn't enough content uh, for me to to try to find a, a funny spin on it. It was way too serious. Then, so now we're progressing a little bit further down the summer, then the political portion of our, our attention span was stimulated. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I made a couple of comments early in season two regarding my, my thoughts on politics. And to be honest with you, you know, it 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 got ugly and it and it didn't become um something that i wanted to participate in now to to know me as an individual i i i categorize myself as an independent and i'll explain why because that's a that's a term that gets tossed around and people literally just think you know that that's a cop out and it's really not um i've been voting for the presidential elections at least since 1992 which was my first uh presidential election if you look at the splits between 1992 and 2018, it's literally a dead heat between Democrat or Republican securing my vote for president over the course of those election cycles. Um, a lot of it is because I feel like a man without country. I don't subscribe or prescribe to the core values of either major party in the United States. Um, I have serious issues with both parties' core values. So what I choose to do as an independent is I pick and choose the um, the points that a candidate might be, you know, pushing forward as as their um, campaign promises or campaign slogans uh, or their policy uh, initiatives that they're looking to enact when they come into office. And from there, I start building a profile very, you know, very similar to the way an FBI profiler would 
build a profile on a on a suspect you you know you start looking at the individual you look at their their past their their current and their future and you, you try to obtain whether or not this individual is you know I don't know what the right word for it is, but worthy is one of the adjectives that comes to mind. Worthy of your vote. And as the summer progressed, I got to be honest with you. I mean, I voted for, I'm okay to admit this. I mean, you can hit the stop button in about 10 seconds when I release it. But I did vote for Trump in 2016. And I voted for Trump because I felt that the policies that the Democratic Party at the time in 2016 were progressing forward towards were outside of my purview for interest. Uh, That being said, I felt that Trump's uh, acumen in business, and we can debate, you know, separately on another podcast, if you'd like his life story and, you know, one of the the funny tags that people get to him is, you know, if, oh, if my dad gave me a million dollars to start, I'd be super wealthy too. It's not entirely true. It does require some business acumen um, and it does require some smart investing. Now, that being said, I've read um, Trump's book, The Art of the Deal. I've, I, I subscribe to the businessman that is Trump to a degree, um, not necessarily 100%, but who are we ever a hundred percent behind in any facet of life, whether it be, you know, I, I don't know, your prime minister, your 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 authoritative dictator, or your president of the United States, you're you're never a hundred percent behind somebody. Although that being said, as 2016 turned to 17 and 17 to 18, I found that a lot of the investigations that were transpiring to try to remove the president of the United States were frivolous, uh, without merit, and without standing. That being said, I think that proved itself out with the release of the Bob Mueller report. Um, And there was good and bad that came from that. I think the good was that you had... um, a portion of the Democratic Party exposed uh, for trying to utilize uh, legal measures, whether founded or not, whether having standing or not, uh, to remove a president of the United States. And that was that was good. I think it was good that we saw that because I think it prevents future incarnations of Congress from doing that um, or at least doing it to the extent in which they did. Now, the flip side of that is I believe that it emboldened and empowered the president of the United States, President Donald J. Trump, um, to feeling more in line with a Putin in regards to his reach of power and his ability to wield power. And that became a bit of a turnoff for me. Um, I thought that his handling of the pandemic was actually correct. And if you go back and you literally look at CNN, MSNBC, and Fox, and you look at these spineless legislature uh, components in the in Congress that literally stepped out and called him a xenophobe for shutting down travel and the borders and, you know, lamented his, his quick thinking and quick moves, you can... You can quickly see that, you know, there's a lot of revisionist history in regards to how he handled the pandemic in the early phases, um, something that is never in modern times and 
going back to the Spanish flu, let me ask you a question. How do you think the world was run in 1918 compared to compared to 2020? It's a little bit different. And I think, you know, from a from a governmental perspective, they they did what they felt was correct and right at the time. We'll always have the opportunity, regardless of political party, to look back and Monday morning quarterback from where we live and where we sit. However, that being said, um, that doesn't make it uh, something that you can, I, I don't know, really second guess if you weren't in the the room when the decisions were being made. You know, second guessing decisions from your couch or from your keyboard makes you nothing more than a keyboard warrior to me or a, or a Monday morning quarterback. It doesn't make you um, somebody of higher education or intellect being able to, um, you know, crap on the masses for following an individual. Now, that being said, as the presidential um, campaign and debates raged on i thought about doing a podcast in fact i was i was champing at the bit to do a podcast because if you remember the first presidential debate was a straight up train wreck um of epic proportions i felt that both candidates uh were just absolutely terrible second debate a little bit better still pretty gross um i thought the vice presidential debate was great i i i i thought it was pretty ugly that the commentary that came out of the the vice presidential debate was Mike Pence's fly on his head and Camilla Har- uh Camilla Kamala Harris I apologize vice president Kamala Harris um the takeaway on her end was her telling him to let her finish so beyond that um I thought that there was some decent substance in the vice presidential debate far more presidential quote unquote than either of the two regularly scheduled presidential debates. Um, And then it led us into the election and the horrificness that was the, uh, the, I don't know what you would call it, the aftermath of November 3rd here in the United States, where we had the election results contested. um, And it seemed to create a bit of an uprising um, in regards to, you know, I felt that the president and those that were extremely loyal to him were out there um, acting like brats, acting like children. Um, you know, in in essence, when you take a look back, and again, I'm not going to make this podcast political, but when you look back at the way the presidential election was structured um, with mail-in, mass mail-in balloting, I would tell you this, I would fire every single Republican congressperson who voted or allowed passage of mass mail-in voting, either at the state, local, or federal level. Because what it did was it effectively changed the game and swung the balance of um, opportunity to that of the Democratic Party. All while you have the President of the United States completely dismissing and railing against through his multiple tens of millions of followers on social media to not utilize this. And what do you end up with as a result? Well, if you look at the election results at the polls, in-person voting, President Donald J. Trump or former President Donald J. Trump won in a landslide of actually cast votes at a precinct across the country. Wasn't even close. 
However, when you look at the results of mail-in and absentee voting coupled with precinct voting, so your vote totals, Joe Biden won in what could be called a landslide. And it's because of that movement towards the mail-in voting. It became very easy to vote. And this caters to those people, both of all colors, creeds, sexes, and, and denominations. It doesn't matter. When you live in an urban area, a highly densely populated area, your interest in going to a poll and waiting in line is minimal at best. Now, if I could sit on my couch and just fill out a ballot and stick it in the mailbox the next day, and my entire voting process is literally walking to a mailbox, yeah, I'm probably more inclined to vote in those individuals in those high density areas of population are typically highly swayed percentage wise towards Democratic voting versus Republican voting. So they built a better mousetrap at the end of the day. When you can when you do your Monday morning quarterback and you sit back, regardless of which candidate you, you know, hoisted to the to prominence. If you look back and think to yourself, you know, what went wrong or what went right? Um, what went wrong and what went right was an unchallenged mass mail-in voting policy that, mind you, do a little history, mail-in voting and absentee voting has been around since the Civil War. The final results were that the Democratic Party received more mail-in and absentee votes for Joe, President Joe Biden than at any time in the history of absentee and mail-in balloting since the Civil War. On the converse flip side of that coin, the Republican Party, by and large, received the lowest mail-in ballot and absentee voting totals since the Civil War. At no time from the Civil War to 2020, has the Republican Party received less percentage of mail-in voting and absentee balloting in a presidential election? That, folks, is exactly why former President Donald J. Trump lost the 2020 United States presidential election in a landslide. What followed is what destroyed Donald Trump's opportunity, chances, and political future, in my opinion, moving forward. Um, the insurrection at the Capitol, call it whatever you want, it was an incited riot. It may not be at the hands of Donald Trump when you look at the actual um, words that were spoken at the rally down the street. However, there was definitely a frenzy whipped up by supporters to include Don Trump Jr., um, Ted Cruz, uh, I believe that there were two or three other speakers in which um, not, I wouldn't categorize it as hate speech, but I would categorize it as an insightful speech um, transpired. Rudy Giuliani would be one of those people as well. Um, that destroyed the country's appetite for Donald Trump moving forward. Now, Donald Trump's policies, Donald Trump's acum for um, economy building and job creation, as well as um, LGBTQ and minority inclusion policies, which 
if you actually take the time to read, were wonderful. And was there opportunity for growth? Absolutely. However, it was better than it was in the previous administration by a long shot. And I feel that the Republican Party will look towards an individual who is more palpable to the masses than somebody who is very niche to the masses. Um, it's it's very it's very disheartening um, as somebody who agreed with the policies, not the person of the last administration, to see how far that individual has fallen and. In the sad part is where those policies have gone now in the first, you know, two weeks of the of President Joe Biden's term, he signed over 40 executive orders, um, basically undoing a lot of the the stuff that was done under the previous administration. And that's, you know, for the most part, pretty much commonplace. However, I think some of it was done uh, in spite versus with an intellectual outlook as to how those policies would um, being reverted would affect our economy, an economy that is on the way up as we slowly progress out of this pandemic. But that's all I have to say about politics. Um, I will tell you that it was a huge um, uh, cannonball hanging over my head that I didn't want to go on my podcast and 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 alienate anyone. However, I, I don't think my last segment there on politics really alienates anyone. It's really just a, a basic rundown of both both parties' uh, advantages and disadvantages. However, it, it didn't make for good content, so I didn't want to do it. Then <laughs> we had the virus, uh, the vaccine come out for the virus, both uh, Pfizer and Moderna, and that's great. Um, now we're looking at virus rollout here leading into the late winter, early spring of 2021. And again, if anything, it's allowing me to think less about the uh, current state that we find ourselves in and more about looking forward to where the frizz. Uh, we have a sense of normalcy coming this coming Sunday here in the United States with the um, NFL Super Bowl featuring the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and that's pretty cool to see as well as uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, one team returning to the Super Bowl, the other team with a quarterback in Tom Brady reaching his 10th Super Bowl uh, over the course of his career. So it should be a really fun one to watch. I don't really have a dog in this fight. Being somebody from the New England area, um, I root for my team, not for the players that fill the jersey. So although I, I appreciate it all the time Tom Brady spent here in New England, uh, when you move to another team, I, I just I tend to personally lose interest in um, my fandom of that individual. So... That leads me to um, talking about new beginnings and where we're going to go forward from here because we have to go somewhere, right? We can't just keep spinning our wheels in the same um, the same position over and over and over again. We got to go somewhere new. So I didn't think I could start a new podcast without talking about why I hadn't 
done a podcast in so long. And it's it's funny, a ton of shit has happened. Um, one of the things that happened during this pandemic is uh, shortly after my last podcast, uh, we had a medical emergency with our family dog. Um, the beloved Quincy was a 14-year-old yellow lab and a true member of my family and my extended family. Um, loved him to death. He had a medical emergency and unfortunately... Um, he, he he moved across the rainbow and into the other side. Uh, so we mourned that while everything else was going on throughout the summer. Um, however, I'm very happy to report that early in November, prior to the election, thank you, um, we were fortunate enough to be able to um, gain a new fam. <coughs> excuse me. Wow. Uh, gain a new family member. And we purchased um, a purebred boxer puppy named Max, who is quickly acclimated to being quite the um, quite the family member. Uh, it, it's it's been a long time since I've had a puppy, so that's been a bit of an adjustment. Also, taking up a lot of time that I would have utilized for podcasting, but can't imagine our lives without him in it now, which is great. Um, I have a son who's now a senior in high school. That's a big change from last year. Um, so as you can imagine, there's a huge uh, push towards graduation and continuing our, our educational prowess beyond uh, high school. So that's occupied a bunch of time. Try to think if there's anything new. I'm still at the same company I was at. Still haven't chosen whether or not I'm going to do a podcast yet um, on some of the antics at my previous company. However, I'm thinking now that we're you know little little oh are we over? Yeah, we're a little over two years removed from that company. Um, it might be time <laughs> to just do a a a. Shit you can't make up that truly fucking happened in my workplace podcast. Um, it's amazing. During the pandemic, I uh, explained and possibly inspired a friend of mine to start her own podcast. And it seems like she's doing really well with that. So I'm super excited about that. She has my old microphone. Uh, I ended up getting a couple of new mics over the pandemic as well. I wanted to, you know... The, the move towards everything being virtual required me to be on Zoom, Teams, um, and WebEx a ton. So I wanted to have a decent microphone so I didn't sound like I was on the other side of an old rotary dial telephone. So I have a couple of great mics. The one that I'm playing with today is actually a phenomenal one that I purchased. And uh, I won't give them any... Um, promotion because I don't I want to be able to keep getting it at a the price I'm getting it at. So it's it's phenomenal. Um so I like that. I'm trying to think what else has kind of transpired. I mean a ton has transpired. I have taken some trips. I have left New England um multiple times. How about that? I've left multiple times um during the pandemic. I had my dad came up from Florida, uh purchased a car and we had to get it back down to Florida. He was going to drive himself down to Florida. And to know my dad is to know, you know, he's 70 years old. He's 70% blind in one eye. And there was no chance I was going to let him drive from New Hampshire all the way down to Florida. So I made the ride with him and then flew back. And that was in April. So you can imagine I was like one of four people on an air, aircraft. Um, so that was weird. And then when did I leave again? Over the summer... No, 
In the fall, I uh, went up to Syracuse to visit an account that has reopened due to um, a relaxing restrictions in that area of the, the state of New York. Upstate uh, also went back down to Florida in October to celebrate my dad's birthday and play some golf. Played a lot of golf over the summer, folks. A lot of golf. Took golf lessons. Um, got okay. I'm okay to admit that. Got okay at golf. Um, so I'm interested to see when all the snow melts, what it's going to look like. We're actually due for 10 to 18 inches today. Today being February 1st, 2021. So not really thrilled about dragging the snowblower out on a winter that's been extremely uh, dry in my part of the country. Uh, so got that going on. Also, I kind of wanted to give you a teaser as to what to expect in podcasts moving forward um, as we round out season two. This is technically the midway point, maybe one episode beyond the midway point. I like to do 10 episode um, seasons. I think it's nice and condensable. You don't get too, too far afield and you can break them into, you know, these these 10 part bingeable podcasts each one runs you know between 45 minutes to an hour it really is determined by when i stop thinking of things to talk about uh, but a few of the upcoming episodes that you can look forward to seeing here in the near future is um you'll notice that i'm actually uh changing a i guess a bit of the way i'm doing this i i'm trying to i will always find a way to impart humor one way or another. However, I also find that, you know, the power of the microphone affords me the opportunity to educate or enlighten. And to that extent, uh, upcoming episodes are going to be the power of positive thought and manifesting your new reality, something that I'm very much into. Um, I am a follower of Bob Proctor. If you don't know who that is, Google it and start looking at the law of attraction in action and what that means. It is a real thing, the law of attraction. Um, you can put that law of attraction in action in your own life. You don't have to go to school to learn how to do it. It's it's a mindset. It's a change, a sea change in the way we interpret and think. Um, and I have used it in the past. I use it currently and I will use it in the future to manifest the reality or the things in my life that I want, that I feel um, I'm capable of, of obtaining and bringing forward. So power, positive thought and manifesting your new reality is definitely one of the upcoming episodes. Getting it done in 21, a non-resolution check-in and a reset of your stated goals. So, you know, we're about, we're exactly a month past New Year's into this new year. Um, I'm sure we all made some sort of resolutions, even if your resolution was to not have a resolution. And we're going to do a check-in, uh, probably the next episode, and see exactly where we are with those. I made mine. Uh, some I have stuck to. Some I have let fall to the wayside. So getting it done in 21 um, is definitely another episode that's coming. On the couch with me and a special guest stopping in for a chat, I will start teasing the shit out of this. It'll probably be close to the season finale. Um, but I'm going to do more of a, a conversational uh, guest host topics to be D, to be determined. Um, and we will discuss just about anything and everything in a free format um, over the course of an hour. So I'm looking forward to that. Not a 15-minute spot, a full episode with a guest host. It should be fun. Um, 
also by popular demand, and I have received all your emails uh, on this, we will be going back to conspiracy theories. So get your tinfoil hats ready. We will look at some of the largest conspiracy theories that have transpired, uh, both in the past and in present times. I will not be touching on any of the QAnon crap. Um, I don't subscribe to it. It's not my my thing. I find no humor in it. Um, I find it to be uh, disruptive, divisive, and um, just straight up fucking crazy. You know what? Maybe if I'm just shitting on it, I'll touch on it a little bit, but that means I have to go down the rabbit hole of reading some of their fucking bullshit. And I'm not sure I have the stomach patient's time for that. Uh, but definitely something's going to take place. And then for the season finale, we will top it all off with Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. And if you know what Whiskey Tango Foxtrot means, it's just the military abbreviation for what the fuck or WTF. So we'll definitely do a look back of all of season two. We will once again, um, absolutely just pick on me and destroy me for taking an 11 month break of podcasting. Um, well, literally everybody and their mother over the course of the pandemic has started a podcast and wants to get into the podcasting, broadcasting type of way of talking to people that they just can't go out and see anymore. Um, I've always kind of modeled my podcast over just literally having a conversation with a microphone and pretending that I have a group of people in front of me. It's the way I do it. I'm sure, you know, if I wanted to, I could spice it up into Sportscaster Joe. We could just talk about podcasts all day, every day from 10 to 5. Um, but I'm not going to do that. It's not really my style. However, we will look back at the entire one or year and three month. I think it's going to be when you look at the full season, year and three months, 15 months of um, shit that has transpired both on the podcast as well as in the uh, ethos that we live in. So it should be interesting, should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, beyond that, we will uh, use the remainder of our time here as my opportunity to start lamenting on something that bothers me. Hopefully in a comedic way. I mean, hopefully you understand a lot of this is tongue-in-cheek and a lot of this is based on, you know, how I'm thinking about certain things. But let me just say that I get it. I, I do. I understand because I work in food and I work in retail to an extent. Um, I understand that retailers are under tremendous pressure to put out their holiday sets in advance. However, I do want to throat punch any retailer that puts out Easter candy on New Year or the day after New Year's. I mean, a soft set even of Easter candy in January is fucking ridiculous. Um, case in point. So I'm purveying one of my or I'm, I'm visiting one of my local targets in the area on January 3rd or 4th. And I'm going in there to get ink for a printer. In and out. That's all I'm going. In and out. But if you're familiar with the layout of most targets, you have to, to get to electronics, you have to either walk by the food section, if they're a super target, um, or you have to go to the back half of the store to get to the electronics section. So as I'm walking towards the electronics to get the ink for my printer, 
the first thing I'm stuck hitting are uh, end cap displays with Cadbury mini eggs. Now, Cadbury does a Christmas mini egg. They're red and green and white, and they're delicious. And they're not an egg. They're a ball, and they're delicious. Um, however, there it was, the milk chocolate and the dark chocolate mini eggs, the cream eggs, the caramel-filled eggs, and the Reese's peanut butter eggs in an end cap. And I thought to myself, Jesus, did they move Easter up because of the fucking pandemic? What am I missing here? So then as I progress a little bit further, you get to that back. I mean, my target, it's back left corner. That is the seasonal corner. And that's all done up in Valentine's. And I'm thinking, all right, well, you're a month and a half out, six weeks. That should give, you know, all the do-gooders and the, the tryhards plenty of time to to get their stuff. And the procrastinators like myself will hopefully just pick through on the you know, 10th to 14th of February and find what we need and move forward. Um, so I was blown away by that. Now, with Valentine's Day two weeks away, Valentine's is the soft set in the store and the heavy set is Easter. It's it's mind-boggling to me. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I enjoy the chocolate. Don't get me wrong. It just means I have to spend more time at the gym, which I have been going to. Thank you. New Year's resolution still staying true to. Um, and eating better. That one too. Staying true. Um, however, I, I, I was blown away by that. I just wish that they would treat holidays with, say, a four-week sales cycle. So four weeks out, sure. Um, so unless... I missed something, and Easter is March 15th in the United States. It's still way too fucking early, and January was stupid early. So I will say that. Um, that's going on in my head. The other thing I wanted to touch on is I, I mentioned it in the um, the opening monologue that I'm soon to be on YouTube. Now, if you've been following my podcast over the course of the season and a half that we've done together, you know that you know my podcast populates as new on uh, iTunes, Google, iHeart, Radio.com, TuneIn, Spotify. Um, but I wanted to go to that visual medium. Uh, I, I watch a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I watch a lot of podcasts. Um, and I go out of my way to make myself different whenever humanly possible. But there's always overlap. There's always inspiration nuggets that you take from others. And one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to is the Joe Rogan Experience. I, I don't mind promoting Joe Rogan's podcast. It's not like, you know, it's not like I could ever uh, achieve the, the listenership that he has. Um, but I will say that uh, one of the things that I really appreciate about the Joe Rogan podcast is when I'm through this quarantine, I've been spending a lot of time in my home office and I have a bunch of screens up because I have to monitor different things for what I do for work. Um, and I, I do have what I call the fun screen. Usually the fun screen has like my Yahoo email open or Facebook or, you know, uh, Google news or Yahoo news. Basically it's a non-work screen on, of the screens that I look at. But I've been kind of watching the Joe Rogan experience on YouTube I freaking love it. Um, now, granted, I don't look like Joe Rogan. Um, I'm a I'm a skinny guy. Um, I'm grayer than gray. I have hair. So again, three things right there, different than Joe. Joe's very well tanned. He's bald as shit, um, and he's pretty buff given his his background. And you know, I'm not gonna go into Joe Rogan's background, but if you want to look it up, um, he's he's very physically fit. Um, so that being said, I, 
what I liked about it was the visual aspect. I like the fact that you actually can see the individual uh, talking. You can see the facial expressions. You can tell when I'm rolling my eyes or when I'm reading script versus just chit-chatting with you. Um, I think it's great. So I want to bring that facet in. I'm just looking for the understanding and it's going to require me to do a little bit of reading. I have a couple of projects at work that I absolutely have to get to this week. So may not be this week or the next episode, but it could be the episode following. I am going to find how to project the linkage between recording the audio for my podcast while also recording the video uh, or live streaming the video on YouTube. So that way there's a direct correlation between the two. So that'll be another avenue in which you can find me. Um, I've also had this, you know, had a thought the other night and I have to check it across my, my children that are gamers is whether or not I could live stream my podcast on Twitch and whether there'd be an interest in in watching that. So if you happen to have any interest um, in watching me do a podcast or you have any knowledge in how that might work on a platform like, say, Twitch, again, please feel free to email me at braindroppingspod.com, braindroppingspod at gmail.com because I'm trying to gain understanding and I don't pretend to know everything. Uh, One of the things that I've kind of come accustomed to as I've gotten older is understanding that I only know a a finite amount of shit. And it's usually a lot because my brain's a bit of a fucking DVR. However, that being said, um, this newer technology and integrating multiple technologies together is not really my strong suit. Um, I've been in the food industry for over a decade. So you can imagine that doesn't necessarily lend itself to me being an IT specialist. So that's it. That is episode six. It's been a while. Um, I'm glad to be back on the mic. This hour kind of went by fairly quick. I think we're at about the 50 minute mark. Um, And I don't mind cutting it a little short. It's, you know, I'd rather give you good stuff than just ramble. Um, I'm sure that in the next episode, because it was a popular segment in previous incarnations of the show across the other episodes, that um, I will find some stupid uh, criminal BS to chit-chat about. And, um, you know, never at a loss are our good friends in Florida for providing excellent content in that regard. Um, However, I will try to integrate a little bit more silliness into our future podcasts. I hope that this podcast finds you happy, healthy, and safe. I hope that the uh, pandemic is something that you're viewing as a rear view mirror and not a constant for you. For my friends and listeners in the healthcare space, thank you for all that you do and for all that you've done and that all you will continue to do um, as we as a population work towards eradicating uh, this pandemic and turning it into something that we look back on as um, something we grew as a society from rather than just uh, an inconvenience along the way of life. And I hope that uh, your tomorrow and your today are great. So do yourself a favor. I do it weekly, you know, randomly, but I'd like to do it. If you find yourself at your local coffee shop, um, buy the coffee for the person behind you. Don't let them know. Just buy it and then walk out. It makes you feel good and you're going to make someone's day. So with that, I'll leave you. Take care. Have a good one. See you soon. Bye. Lots of walk around the world to ease my troubled mind. I left my body lying.
nothing I can't 